But definitely one of my biggest pieces of advice to anyone that has a special needs child, no matter what the severity is, is when people offer to help, you accept that help. And if you can get help, <laughs> you get that help. And even though I had the help, I don't think I started to take good advantage of that help for, for years, but um, it, it's, it's a blessing. It really is. Welcome. You are listening to the Hero of the Hour podcast, the show dedicated to empowering you to take financial freedom into your own hands. Through expert interviews with decades of experience, this show will give you not only the tactical strategies of what's working in business, but the appropriate mindsets to master your financial future and build generational wealth. Heroes and entrepreneurs operate with a similar anything is possible mentality. And that is exactly what our show is about. Your host is none other than Mark B. Murphy, CEO of Northeast Private Client Group and best-selling author of three books, all dedicated to helping others plan for generational wealth. He and his team are on a mission to share their knowledge and techniques so that others can enjoy a life of financial security and freedom. Get ready to be inspired to create the life of your dreams. Let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Hero of the Hour podcast. I'm Mark Murphy, a founder and CEO of Northeast Private Client Group and uh, the author of my third book, The Ultimate Investment, which right now is number one on Amazon. But uh, I'm not here to talk about that today. I'm joined by two very inspiring ladies, and I just want to make sure that I get it right. Obviously, I know both these people well, but I want to make sure I don't get any of their bios wrong. I've got uh, Jody Wiseman and Carrie Leshin. And, uh, I think today we're just here to talk about uh, kind of, uh, I'd love to hear your stories, because one of the things that I, I notice is that regardless of where you live, regardless whether you have very little money or whether you've got a lot of money or anything in between, it seems like every family is struggling with something or every, every family has their challenge. And um, I'd, lo I'd love to, you know, hopefully spend some time with our audience sharing some of your challenges but more importantly, talk about some of the successes and how your families have dealt with these challenges uh, to, to go on to greater and greater heights. And uh, I just want to spend a minute just reading a little bit of about each of your story. You know, Jody, for you, I, you know, I, I know you well, and I know all three of your children. Uh, you know, I, I know you've got a 20-year-old son, and, and we've got a 14-year-old daughter, and I know Alex is 22. And I know when he was three years old, he was diagnosed with autism. And I know he attends a very specialized school with, with only about 30 students where he's really learned some essential life skills. And, and I know one of the, the things that I've always heard you say is that you emphasize not letting autism take over the family's life and always expecting 
all the children to develop to their full potential. And I want to talk about that and a whole lot more with you. And with Carrie, you have a 17-year-old son, Sam, who was diagnosed, I think, in fact, I think you diagnosed him with cerebral palsy at birth. And uh, despite that he's facing challenges with a feeding tube dependence and delayed milestones and you know, that that I, I know you're, you've dedicated part of your life or your life to the goal of of Sam's happiness. And I understand that uh, there is no happier human being on the planet than Sam and that he's got a uh, he's got a Julia Roberts like smile that can light up a room and is the great light of your life. So I would just start by just asking each of you, what are some of the biggest misconceptions about about raising children? You both have together. I think there's six children between you, right? Carrie, you have how many? Two. Two. So there's five children between you. I think between the three of us, I have five. So we have 10 between the three of us. But um, so, so I just love just share with you, just love to hear some of your misconceptions. I, I mean, I think the the saying, when you plan, God laughs, I would say that is in a nutshell, anything you think is going to happen or any strategy or any discipline or non-discipline that you impose on your kids, they're going to do it how they want to do it regardless of special needs or not special needs? Um, For me, I think one of the biggest misconceptions and one of, I think one of the most gut-wrenching things that people say is God gives you what you can handle. And I don't think that's true (laughs) at all. Jody, would you agree? I I don't like when people say that. I hate when people say that. It's actually one of the worst things you could say to a special needs mother Um, because God gives you what he gives you, but it's up to you on how you handle it. And I think that both Jody and I have uh, surpassed, I guess, our own expectations, right? With raising our children and very different, but also very challenging. Um, But yeah, that's, basically what I think. What was your, you know, I, I would say, what are the most significant challenges? Well, first of all, let me start by saying, as you, you know, I mentioned the the name of the the podcast, the Hero of the Hour podcast. And Carrie, I just like to find out from you, why is Sam your hero? Uh, so for me, I don't think there's a stronger human being than Sam. I think he has suffered so tremendously from birth and just strives to get stronger and learn more and just be happy and enjoy the little things in life. Um, you know, he's so he's so innocent and so sweet. And, you know, he just teaches me and I think many other people that are in contact and work with Sam um, just to be happy with the little things and, and not stress the big stuff. And um, you know, Sam's happy when there's sunshine. He's happy when there's rain. He's happy when he gets a new toy. He's happy to just sit down and hold your hand. Um, you know, he just puts life in a tremendous perspective for me. And um, to me, that's a hero. I, I would agree with that. Jody, tell me, I know Alex's uh, mentors and his therapists are heroes to him. Uh, explain to people how, what's that all about? Well, I would say they're heroes to myself and my husband and the rest of the family. I don't know about to Alex because he's tried to send them to jail and lots of firing <laughs> and, and all that. But I mean, to me, had I not quickly, after he got diagnosed, got in touch with some of like the best mentor mommies in our area, and they guided me and directed me towards the heroes and, and maybe their heroes also to me, 
Um, I don't know where we'd be today. I mean, one of the first therapists that worked with him, um, listen, she was a little kooky um, and it was a little scary to watch how much she pushed Alex and he hated every minute until he didn't. But she taught him how to tie his shoes and ride a bike and she ran with him. I could have, you know, how to brush his teeth, how to get dressed, how to set an alarm. And um, and from them, it was, you know, then it was a, a very small uh, applied behavior analysis school. And I don't think he'd be, he's, I don't think he would have made as much progress if it wasn't for that school and that specific uh, person in our life. There are going to be people watching this podcast who are going to discover that their child has special needs, maybe in the near future, or may have just discovered it very, very recently. Just tell people a little bit about your journey when you learned about uh, your child's special need and and how you uh, dealt with it. Um, yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, you know, it started, I knew that there was something wrong with Sam uh, before he was born. I specialized in feeding and swallowing and um, as a speech pathologist in the hospitals in, in Manhattan. And when Sam... Um, was first born, I immediately noticed, um, I did a little neuro assessment because of the things that were, um, in the thing, the symptoms that I had before he was born. And I realized very quickly that he had a severe neurological issue. I mean, and, and one of the first things was that he couldn't swallow, right? He wasn't, he was drowning on his own secretions. So I think, um, you know, after that first like shock, happens, um, you know, you just go into um, warrior mode and you just go into autopilot and it becomes your job. It becomes your full-time job. So you have to put like mommy aside and say, no, I got to figure what's out, what's going on. I have to keep my child alive because he's drowning on his own secretions and we need to figure out what's going on because I'm not going to lose this baby. So that was the start of it for me. It was pretty intense and really traumatic, but um, you know, we just kind of, I just kind of powered through and did what I needed to do. And 17 years later, he's still alive. <laughs> Jody? Um, for me, Alex was developing fairly typically until about two and a half. And where he stopped learning more language and lost a little eye contact. And so when I, when I first found out and a, a few people outside of my, you know, immediate family told me I should have him looked at. Um, at first I was like, nah, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. And I kind of didn't want to say the word autism for a very short time. And then I got into warrior mode to use what Carrie said. Um, and I, I think Mark, like if there's one thing I want to suggest to people and maybe it's just my personal feelings on it is that it's really important not to waste time. You need to get on it quick. You need to talk about it with everyone. And I think this probably goes for every health, illness, disability, anything. You need to find mentors and quickly um, and not be ashamed, especially now there's so much awareness and disabilities and mental health that even when Alex is acting up in public, I kind of whisper to people he has autism. And then they're like, oh, oh, he's so cute, you know, other than a pain in the butt kind of human being. So you talk about warrior mode initially. The, the One of the the great things you have in life is perspective and that it's 17 years for you, Carrie. I think 
if I'm doing the math right, it's about 19 years that you've known, you know, Alex has had uh, almost 20 years that you knew about his condition. How do you balance? You can't be in warrior mode the rest of your life. So how do you balance the needs to advocate for your child, but also advocate for yourself, for your other children, for the other people that you care about in your life? How do you make that work? Uh, For me, I didn't for a really long time. I didn't have my second child until Sam was almost three. But but I didn't. I I don't think I started taking care of myself <laughs> until Sam was about eleven. You know, it's. I guess it was a detriment to myself. But like, you just become so absorbed in the health and well being of your child, and just making you know sure that you're giving them the best shot in life that they that they have. I mean, nobody, you know, no mother is thinking like when they're expecting their first. You know, they, we're all thinking, is my child going to be a doctor, or a lawyer, a movie star, a tennis player? No one's thinking, is my child going to be able to eat by mouth or talk or, you know, so real. I, I don't I don't know. I mean, when I look back, because I do a lot for myself now, <laughs> but when I look back, you know, the, you just don't even think about that. You're just so involved with just making sure your child is OK. For me it goes in waves. So when Alex is in a good place and he's calm and he's happy because he used to always be happy. He's not always so happy anymore. Um, that's any 22-year-old. That's that's any 22-year-old boy. That's uh, nothing to do with autism. <laughs> that's you know. very possible. Um, but I mean, one of my major goals, I don't know. I think I'm not... I I don't think I take care of me as well as maybe I ever should, but I think I like working towards something all the time. And if I take care of me, then I'm not working towards something. Um, But I just wanted to have as much of a normal, happy, calm family life for myself, my other kids and my husband and I. And that's really hard um, when you have something not going as planned and when it takes many twists and turns. Um, so I, I think in a lot of ways, um, my husband and I are lucky because Alex, most of the time is very well behaved. And just because Carrie and I are on today, we fully know that that's all these kids are so different. And some people, I don't know how they take care of themselves because it's a 24 hour, seven day a week job. And, um, but I do get a lot of downtime, thankfully. Have you noticed that life is getting more and more expensive? From grocery prices to real estate values, everywhere you turn, prices seem to be skyrocketing. Well, Mark has dedicated decades of his career and life to serving entrepreneurs and professionals to build real wealth, and in most cases, multi-generational wealth. The reality is, we all have to navigate turbulent times in this economy. But the difference will be for those that have a roadmap and a customized plan for building wealth. That's why, as a listener to this podcast, we are so excited to share with you first access to Mark's newest book, The Ultimate Investment, a roadmap to grow your business and build multi-generational wealth. When you access this book, you'll discover how to know when you're working a job instead of a business. That hard work isn't all about hours put in. This will make you more productive. Why you need to live with your back against a wall. How to surround yourself with the right people who support your vision. And so much more. 
Go to www.markbmurphy.com forward slash book to get access now. Once again, go to www.markbmurphy.com forward slash book. And now, back to the show. And I, I think for me, I at a very um, young age, we were able to get round-the-clock nursing care for Sam. Otherwise, I don't think we would have been able to handle him at home because he was so medically fragile for such a long time and still is in many ways, but better. Um, but definitely one of my biggest pieces of advice to anyone that has a special needs child, no matter what the severity is, is when people offer to help, you accept that help. And if you can get help, <laughs> you get that help. And even though I had the help, I don't think I started to take good advantage of that help for, for years, but um, it, it's, it's a blessing. It really is. Carrie, I know you and your family started a company to help advocate and support for special needs children. Tell people about that. And I'd love, and Jody, the same thing with you. I'd like to just know what resources do, are available to people. I'm well now there are, I mean, Jody, you know so much as well. I mean, there's many, many resources to help families. I mean, just in the state of New Jersey alone is probably one of the best states you could be in, um, aside from Massachusetts, for funding and help and um for and programs for children with special needs. Um, I know Jody and I both belong to an organization called the Friendship Circle. Um, and that's all over the country, I think, but I, I don't think in every state, but certainly here in Livingston, we have that. And that's been a tremendous help for all of us. Um, and they're a great resource. But um, yes, Scott, Sam's dad started a company called um, SJ Health Insurance Advocates. And basically, um, he started it because he had to learn very quickly what our insurance was going to provide for Sam in terms of the nursing care, in terms of all the therapies, in terms of all the different doctors that we had to go to. So he learned... Um, you know, how, how the insurances work and, and what to do with them. And so that started his company, but now it has morphed into more mental health. Um, however, there is a section of his company that still works with uh, families that have special needs children. Um, but yeah, I think there, there are just so many resources out there. I mean, all you have to do is, is go on to Cafe Moms or Google or, you know, join a Facebook group of moms with, you know, kids with special needs and and a million resources pop up. Yeah, things are, are just so different now than when Alex was first diagnosed. And I'll definitely agree that New Jersey is is where it's at. I would probably try to keep Alex, especially now that he's an adult in the state of New Jersey, because not only are the best experts here, but the best funding um, I think there's a lot more that can be done. Um, for me, right away, we started fundraising for autism. And then Jeff and I both got very involved in his first school that he was at for nine years. My husband was on the board for a long time. I was head of fundraising. And, you know, I think like if I, for me, if I turn something into a business, then I can take away the emotion. Um but also being there for other people. I, I'm sure Carrie gets a lot of calls. I do as well. And, and we have so much to offer people just starting, right? And um, and it's a lot of paperwork. It's, it's not only finding the right experts and maybe failing sometimes and having to find someone else and someone that meshes with your kid's personality, not just their expertise, but 
but also um, trying to find the funding because some of it uh, blatantly is completely unaffordable, um, which, you know, is a whole other area to be concerned about is those people who don't know who to contact and then also don't know how to get the funding and, and, you know, it actually could really break your heart. So it's really important to speak to and do as much research as possible. You know, one of the things I, as I know both of you so well, is I've, I've, um, I've come to see a commonality in you in that you have both, you both have great emotional fitness in the sense that most people, when they have a challenge or a problem, it kind of knocks them down. They kind of stay down and they kind of dwell in the problem. And like one of the things, Carrie, you said, like at the top of the, of the podcast was, you know, when something, when something happens in my life that, that doesn't go the right way, let's call it, or there's a problem or a challenge, you've got to deal with the challenge. It's not going to go away because it goes away. You've got to deal with it. So I'm not saying you don't deal with and look at it through rose colored glasses, but I can see both of your, both of your minds immediately go to, Hey, what's great about that? Well, if my son is smiling or today, uh, Alex had a great day or or Sam appreciated the new toy he got, or he just enjoyed holding your hand for the day. That's a great day. That's great. What That's what's great about that. And I think, I think that it's so much about mindset because, you know, quite frankly, in the world, you really can't control, you have no control over whether it's going to be a good day or a bad day. We can't control so much in this world, but you can control how you react to it and how you think about that. And that's not just for mothers with special needs kids. I think the whole world would be a lot better place if everybody had the same mindset that you guys had. And it's, it's that, that to me is, is very inspiring. And it's something that I see both of you, one of the many things that you guys have in common. Um, you too, Mark. <laughs> well, I, I, I would also just say that, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that have helped you in the, you mentioned all the help that you've gotten. I'd love to people to tell you the kinds of help you've gotten. And some of the some of the things that you know, I don't know if I'm not saying you should shout out to those people, but you know, what are the kinds of helps that other parents could get from friends, family? Uh, you know, it's one thing to get state help or money or effort. What, what, what kinds of other small helps? Just you know, just babysitting while you got your nails done for a half an hour, or you know, it doesn't have to be you know a, a grant for a hundred thousand dollars for a group home. It could be. It, you know, it could be something as simple as, uh, you know, allowing you ten minutes to to change into a, a pair of shorts instead of your, you know, your work clothes. You know, I, I think for me, so when I first had Sam, I, I literally felt like I didn't want to see anybody. I didn't want to talk to anybody. It was just me and Sam, our nurses and all the therapists. I, I was like in a hole and I really like rejected anybody wanting to come and, and visit us. I was just, I don't want to use the word that I was like, that I was ashamed, but, but maybe I was, I had this baby. I produced a baby that just didn't work. Right. So I was really depressed, but I have to say that so much of my family, um, and as annoying as I might've thought it was at the time, so much of my family imposed themselves upon me and came over. They were always visiting. They were always there. They were always, they always came. They were always with me. So at that particular point, just knowing that I wasn't alone and that they weren't just there for Sam, but they were there to take care of me too, I think was a really big thing for me. I would say I tap into young kids who are looking for volunteer hours a lot, or I pay them. Um, and Alex always wanted to be more social than he really was capable of, but even having... Uh, now, as a 22-year-old, I'll have anyone that can drive, and he thinks it's the, his friend, and and it's a beautiful thing. And he 
He calls and he FaceTimes them. Um, he thinks one of my 20 year old sons. So his younger brother, I almost said older because it feels like he's older, but he thinks that one of his girl friend girls is his girlfriend. Um, so I have a lot of wrap around like with family, of course, but our community really comes out and helps. I mean, if, if I post something, I've got like 10 kids, I'll take Alex out. I'll take Alex out. Um, so, I mean, other than therapists and teachers in my life, you know, that helped a lot, but I, you know what, I do have a major shout out and I'll get a copy and, and she'll hear this, but Alex's former principal, she just recently retired from his uh, most recent school. It was Spectrum 360. During COVID was a really, really horrible, rough patch for Alex. Um, being inside, not being able to go to restaurants and schools was horrible for him. And he became incredibly aggressive towards me. And that principal allowed Alex to have her cell phone and he was calling her all times of the day and night, weekends, whenever. And um, you find someone like that, and I have the chills, and they change your whole life and outlook. And it's super special. Someone with that kind of patience and, and, and connection is incredible. Would you guys share just like maybe a heartwarming or an inspiring moment from one of your, from your sons, you know, that, uh, that uh, you know, is there, is there anything that stands out? For each of you about about Sam and Alex, you mean you mean one time in in life, like one of like the biggest mm -hmm. heartwarming moments? Yeah, or anything, anything, anything you want to talk about. I just these are the I you know I I do not know Sam, but I know Alex, and I uh, you know he's a he's a special, terrific kid. I think for me, uh, you know, Sam didn't start walking until he was nine, and he worked really hard and wanted to so badly, and wanted to move, and wanted to walk, and. I mean, we just pulled therapists from all over the world to come stay with us to help him, you know, get to that potential. And I'll never forget, and I have it on video, um, I'll never forget the first time he took his first steps and walked towards me and just literally like fell into me and put his arms around me. And I just lifted him up and spun him around. It was literally the greatest moment of my entire life. Hmm. I have a big moment and then little moments that happen all the time. I mean, the biggest was Alex getting bar mitzvahed with his brother. Um, it was just super special. You know, I, I thought I was having another son soon after my first and thought they were going to be best buddies and, you know, play video games. And since that didn't come true, um, I had them bar mitzvah together. And it was honestly one of the most special hours of my entire life. Alex just memorized everything. Um, I apologize. Um, and, and the other thing is, and this comes back to his principal. She taught him how to text over the phone. And he's constantly texting everyone and calling people now since being in COVID. And he's, he, his text seemed neurotypical. So there's so much more in there. And I screenshot constantly, screenshot like whatever he writes and send it to family and friends that get it. And it is it every single time it's a huge high to see what's going on in his brain. Well, I, first of all, I want to I want to thank you, thank you guys for taking time out of your day. I I just hope three things could come from this podcast. The reason I wanted to do that is a couple of things. One is I wanted to make sure that everybody that has a special needs child. Uh, knows that there are resources out there to help them. 
and that there is help and there is hope and there's an opportunity and that people should know that, that, that about that. I think that you, you got to get the word out because, you know, uh, because that, that will help a lot of people. But I also hope two other things occur from this. The second thing I'd love to see is for all the people out there that don't have a special needs child, amazing how Im- what an impact you can make by just doing a little random act of kindness to somebody that does have a special needs child. Just reach out to your neighbor or, or your sister or a friend and just just to offer to offer to give them just a little bit of help to just make their day a little bit easier and make that child's life a little bit better. And by the way, while we're at it, the third thing I'd like to say is, why do we have to limit it to just special needs childs, children? Why shouldn't we do this for everybody? Why shouldn't we all reach out and help people be a little bit kinder? And uh, all I can tell you is I, I am uh, I am inspired uh, by both of you ladies, and I, I can and I will continue to be. And I just want to thank you uh, for spending a few moments with us today. Thank you. Thanks, guys. I hope you enjoyed the episode today on the Hero of the Hour podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you are listening to this on. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share the podcast episode with them. You can catch the show notes for this episode and more at www.markbmurphy.com forward slash podcast. Be sure to check out the other great books and resources on the website while you're there. Once again, it's www.markbmurphy.com forward slash podcast. All links can be found in the description below. We look forward to serving you on the next episode. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS or Guardian and opinions stated are their own. Registered Representative and Financial Advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. OSJ, 200 Broad Hollow Road, Suite 405, Melville, New York, 11747, 631-589-5400. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Northeast Private Client Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. California Insurance License Number 0B36048. Arkansas Insurance License Number 741545. Expiration and submission numbers located in the show notes.